Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Moyes Health Podcast. I hope you are doing well and of course, as always, I hope you've enjoyed the previous episodes. As always, feedback is always welcome. Drop me a message on at Chris Moyes on Instagram and just let me know what you thought of a particular episode. Even if you are coming to this episode for the first time for the 96th time or any number in between feedback is always important for the podcast because i know what you like i know what you don't like i know what you responded to and at the end of the day these podcasts are all about encouraging you to make positive changes in your life taking action to take not only accountability for the things that you do think and feel but also to ensure that you become the best and most productive version of yourself. And obviously, we do that through the medium of, of fitness and exercise and body transformation. And this week is no different because this week I wanted to speak out to the office workers, the sedentary amongst you, those of you that don't hit your steps automatically because you are the ones where there is so much transformation left on the table. So in this particular episode, I'm gonna be digging into ways in which we can get you more active and ways in which we can encourage you to increase your step count in a way which doesn't mean going for a walk multiple times a day. Anyways, enough of the introduction, let's get into it. So first, let's begin with the science. You have a total daily energy expenditure. This is how many calories you burn throughout the day. Now, I touched a little bit more in depth uh, on this one with my Fat Loss 101 video, but to give you a brief recap, your total daily energy expenditure is made up of four things. Firstly, we have your basal metabolic rate, your BMR. Now this is how many calories your body burns at rest. So this is before we factor in any lifestyle movement, any exercise or any digestion, this is how many calories your body burns just staying alive. Then we have your eat, your exercise activity thermogenesis. These are calories burnt through formal and specific exercise. We also have your TEF, the thermic effect of feeding. This is how many calories your body burns through digestion. Yes, that's right, folks. Digestion doesn't come for free. It takes energy to digest. Same way as it takes energy to churn your clothes around in a washing machine and tumble them, etc. Same is true for your stomach. For all of those contractions to happen to digest your food, that requires energy. And then finally, we have the main area we're going to be focusing on today, which is your NEAT, as you can probably guess from the title of this podcast. Now, your NEAT is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. These are the calories you burn just moving around in your day-to-day -day lives. And folks, if you didn't take heed of that podcast or you didn't listen to it, then definitely prick up your ears for this bit. Your NEAT is the fundamental way of maximizing your caloric burn and therefore maximizing your deficit, which therefore maximizes the speed of your fat loss out of all of it. Yes, we can increase your thermic effect of feeding by consuming things which take longer to break down, such as protein. Yes, we can do some exercise, which we should be doing for other reasons aside from fat loss, but you know, you do still move during exercise and it does still burn calories. But 
As far as bang for your buck, how you spend the majority of the day is going to have a massive impact on the calories of which you burn and, of course, the calories of which or the deficit of which you achieve. This is one of the reasons, for example, that perhaps your friend or husband, whatever, someone that's really active, be it a laborer or someone that's on their feet all day, is able to consume a lot more. A, if they are male, then it's because they do have a faster metabolism and more muscle and therefore require more calories. But also, if they're moving more and they're on their feet more throughout the day, they're going to be burning more calories. And that, I guess, brings me quite nicely to my first point, which is simply being on your feet, having to stabilize yourself as opposed to being sat in a chair as I am now. It burns more calories. So Basically, the general rule of thumb is if you can be on your feet more, you're going to maximize your caloric burn. But let's dig a little bit more into the details because I know for a fact that on my roster of clients, I have a myriad of people which are office workers. And let's take a a step back a couple of years. Here we are in 2022. Let's go back to 2020. The year of the home worker. The pandemic hit. Productivity still had to continue. Work still had to be done. People still had to go to work, but it opened up the doors to home working. Now, some of those doors shut for many of us. We went back out to work and back out to the workplace. Now, that could very well mean that back out to the workplace is is back out to a desk and an office and a computer, which is just simply in a different building to your own home. I'm still talking to you guys, but some of us stayed at home. Flexible working became a thing. A lot more people still work from home, more so now than they used to, because obviously it saves on employer costs, not having a building with a desk when you can simply just gives you a, a subsidiary for working at home. But anyways, I digress. My point is that as a society, we have never been more sedentary. Therefore, it is important for us to understand ways in which we can improve your need or increase your need in a way which is sustainable, not just through the typical go for a walk, as so many people tend to think getting their steps in involves. If I said steps to the majority of people, they would say, we'll go for a walk. But for some of us, that's not realistic. Mobility issues, time constraints, the thing I hate most about the world, which is you girls and darkness, you know, not feeling comfortable to be able to go out and be out there in the dark, which is a fundamental issue as far as the male species is concerned. But again, not going to go down that particular rabbit hole in this podcast. But there's limitations. And so we need to look at ways in which we can increase your need in a way which doesn't involve just go for a walk. How can we get you more active throughout the day? How can we get you on your feet more and encourage you to burn more calories in a way which you can sustain, which is effortless, which is autonomous, and you don't even realize you're doing it? So let's dig into a few top tips to hopefully give you guys some some nuggets of inspiration. And while I'm talking, I want you to really consider your own lives, consider your own working weeks or your own weekends even. Nothing wrong with being sedentary. I must go into this podcast detailing that first and foremost. We're all entitled to lazy days. Put your feet up, a day on the sofa. It isn't about just hitting your steps day in, day out. Because firstly, when it comes to steps, we must think about your average activity. 
you're not the sum of what you do occasionally. You are the sum of what you do repeatedly and consistently. So if you are a generally active person, then you can afford to have sedentary days. And so you should. However, if you are a generally sedentary person, then there's going to be a little bit more onus on you to really take heed of some of the recommendations I'm about to give you, but also to really look at the way you're living your life. Because steps aren't just about caloric burn. Movement, using your body, is what it was made to do. There are far more dramatic and consequential side effects from being sedentary than simply gaining a few pounds and not burning enough calories. There are loads of issues in association with joint health, physical health, mental health, which need to be considered. So don't just think steps and calories. Being more active, being more mobile in day-to-day life is incredibly important. To give you one final example of that, posture. Most people think of posture, and I've been asked this question a myriad of different times. How can I improve my posture? What exercises do I need to do? The fact of the matter is that people have bad posture because of how their body sits the majority of the time. Yes, you can lengthen the anterior muscles, muscles on the front of your body, by the way. Yes, you can develop the muscles on your posterior, you know, the back of your shoulders, your back muscles, etc., to tighten those and therefore create a better balance from anterior to posterior. But it's incredibly important to remember that your body works in habits. Your body works in patterns. This is how we learn to walk in the first place. Look at a, a baby trying to walk or a toddler trying to walk and you will find a very conscious action of balance and foot placement and wobbling, etc. Whereas now, walking is autonomous. We don't think about it. Yet we all have our own walk, don't we? Reason for that is because we learn movement patterns. Our body learns to fire different muscles in sequence. Same thing goes with things like a squat, etc. So when it comes to something like posture, how you are spending your day, the way in which or the position of which your, your body is spending its time, the majority of the time, is what will determine your posture. Don't go to the gym and just do a lot of exercises and stretches and think that that is enough to fix your posture. If you are working at a desk, you need to fix your ergonomics. If you are driving a lot, same situation. You need to be conscious of the way in which you are holding yourself. Because again, you are the sum of what you do the majority of the time, not what you do occasionally. Anyways, enough chit chat. Let's get into the tips. Right, so we know we need to get you moving more. It's important as well to recognize that when we are tracking your steps, we don't care about a step. It's not about a step. It's about your movement. Case in point, I'm talking now, I naturally gesticulate. So although you can't see this podcast, I'm waving my arms around like a fucking madman. Not to mention, undulation in my voice as well is burning more calories. My body is having to use energy to undulate my voice. This is one of the reasons, by the way, that if you uh, if you don't consume enough calories and you place yourself in too aggressive a deficit, your body will do something called metabolic downregulation. This is also referred to as starvation mode, but terrible name because it doesn't really encapsulate the process. But essentially, when you don't consume enough calories, your body tries to minimize caloric expenditure. So you'll gesticulate less, your voice will become quite monotone, and you won't really talk... In a, in a voice which is too different to the one I'm talking in now. 
I can literally see the waveform on this podcast being very flat and boring. And the reason for that is my body's trying to minimize how many calories are burnt through movement. Anyways, I can't do a whole podcast like that. My point is that your body will downregulate these things because they burn calories. So fidgeting, things like that, all burns calories. So firstly, you need to make sure that you're not trying to place yourself into aggressive a deficit. How aggressive is the deficit? How do you know if it's too aggressive? Well, you'll begin to feel it. Hunger will be through the roof. You will be more fatigued and you will naturally find you're fidgeting less. You're moving around less as well and you're just more tired uh, over time, of course, not just an individual day. So tips. First things first, office workers, like I said, this is going to be directed at you. Capitalize on your morning. So as the day begins, before you begin your day, before you open up your phone or your emails, your laptop, your iPad, etc., try to get some movement done first thing. There's a reason for this. One, yeah, it's going to box some steps off. And by the way, I say movement, not exercise. It's going to box some steps off, which is great. But also, how you begin your day and the hormones that you initiate or release earlier in your day is going to determine your energy level for later in that day. So, for example, if you fall out of bed and fall into your desk, you're still going to be very tired and you're going to be waking up as your day goes on. If you rise just a touch earlier, get yourself energized first thing in the morning, you are going to be more awake, you're going to be more productive, and you're going to move more. Let me give you an idea, for example. Uh, Cleaning the house will burn approximately 100, or sorry, will rack up approximately 110 steps per minute. So even if you are not getting up and getting out of the house and getting some fresh air, which I would encourage you to do first thing in the morning, by the way, if you are obviously safe to do so, get up and be productive. Firstly, like I said, moving around the house, getting some housework done first thing is going to burn or going to rack up plenty of steps. It's going to start your day off strong and we have way more willpower in the morning, way more energy in the morning. We need to capitalize on our mornings, especially, like I said, before the working day begins. The other thing to consider is that from a mental perspective, cluttered house, cluttered mind. If you can wipe the slate clean as far as your house in the morning and make sure that is everything is where it's supposed to be and everything's packed away and the house is tidy and clean, then you are going to find yourself more productive. Trust me, look it up. There is a myriad of science and psychology backing this theory. Same goes for your car, by the way. This is why we tend to feel good when these things are in order. We feel organized. We feel great. Cluttered house, cluttered mind. Cluttered room, cluttered office, cluttered mind. So try to make sure your desk is all sorted and you are ready for your day. All of this movement counts. It's not just about a step, remember. Tidy your freaking desk. Empty the dishwasher. Get the washing up done. Get a load of washing on, for example. Make sure that the lounge is all good and the cushions are back where they're supposed to be. Make sure the bed is made. The kids' beds are made. Make sure there's no clutter around the house. It doesn't take long, but at 110 steps per minute, it doesn't take long to rack up an easy 500 or so steps in the space of five minutes of doing this. Now imagine you were doing it for 20 minutes or half an hour. And like I said, all that takes is rising just a touch earlier to give yourself more opportunity to get these steps done. Now, moving on. Your working day begins. Now, we need a drink. We need to make sure we're well hydrated, whether that's tea, whether that's coffee, whether that's water, juice, squash, etc. We have got to make sure that we've got something at our desk to hydrate us throughout the day. But here's the thing. We often tend to go with the biggest receptacle, receptacle, 
I don't know, whatever it's called, uh, available because we want to minimize the amount that we're getting up. But hopefully by me saying that sentence, it's then just alluded to what I'm getting at here. Go with a small receptacle, a small glass of water, you know, a cup of coffee, cup of tea, etc. And make sure that you are drinking it because firstly, you will need to take more trips to refill it because it is smaller, more steps. Again, stupidly small amount. But over the course of a day, refilling five, six times to and from the kitchen, it adds up. And here's the thing. If you are drinking more often as well, you're probably going to need to go to the bathroom a few more times, which again adds to your step count. So we're tangibly building upon your steps in small, minute ways, which are insignificant, but add up to a big difference. You can also use your Fitbit, iWatch, you know, alarms to remind you to to refill your drink, for example. Countdown timers are a great shout. There's a plethora of desktop apps and iOS and Android apps that you can get to remind you to get up and move more often. Like I say, get up to refill the drink, etc. Now, going back to what I mentioned previously about standing up burns more calories. You've also got this avenue to look down in the form of standing up more often, dependent on what your work looks like. You know, I could go down the route here of saying about standing desks or at most walking desks. Not sure if you're aware they exist where there's a freaking treadmill under a desk. But for most of us, it's not practical. I mean, for me in my office, it's got quite a low ceiling. So a standing desk for me wouldn't work in here as much as I would love for that to be the case. So we need to look at other ways of increasing your day-to-day movement. So let's, like I said, say that we've boxed off a reasonable amount of steps in the morning. And I will stress at this point, it's a good idea to chunk your daily steps down. Give yourself a minimum requirement by a certain point. If you've got a target of, I don't know, six or 8,000 per day, try to box off 50% by lunchtime. Try to get the majority done in the morning, if you will. You know, if your target is 6,000 steps, try to get 3,000 done by lunchtime. At least then you're not chasing your tail. There's nothing worse than getting to the end of your day or getting deep into the afternoon or or worse, the evening, and going, holy shit, I've only done 1,000 steps today. So, like I said, ways in which you can be more active. And another way which you can do that is, like I said, depending on your work, of course, emails, from your your phone, text messages, phone calls in particular, do them stood up. Whilst you are taking this phone call, pace the room. Up and down, round in circles, etc. It sounds stupid, but what else are you doing at that point? You're sat at your desk. Believe me, there's been a myriad of different times I've wished I could record this podcast whilst on a walk myself. But the problem is, sound quality gets pretty shit when you get out on the roads. So, In a phone call sense, though, pacing around the garden, etc. can make a big, big difference as far as your steps, which actually quite nicely brings me into the next part where you can increase your daily activity. And that comes in the form of gardening and the car. Now, you may very well not be a gardener. And when I say gardening, people think of down on your hands and knees with a pair of gloves on with some shears or some fucking trowels and you're in the flower beds. That's not what I'm getting at. Cutting the grass. What is cutting the grass and putting lovely lines in your lawn than walking up and down your lawn? At least it has a purpose. So 
cutting the grass more often is a great way of building up your steps. Trust me, I look down at my watch and I'm freaking amazed with the amount of steps I build up simply from cutting the grass. Washing the car is another great example. By regularly keeping your car washed, it's going to be better for longevity's sake, for mechanical sake, etc. Plus, you end up with a nice washed car, which we spoke about previously. Tidy house, tidy mind. And so, again, washing the car, a huge amount of steps. Traversing the same circular distance whilst you go around the car, rubbing it and washing it. You know the drill. So, like I said, these daily tasks that need to be done alongside the housework that I've mentioned previously makes a massive difference as far as your steps are concerned. Uh, I mean, gardening, things like that, 115 steps per minute on average. House cleaning, as I said, 110 steps per, uh, per minute. All of these things make such a significant difference to your day, but they're not just a walk. You're not just, oh, I need to get my steps in. You are doing something. DIY is another great shout. This is not, like I said, just about steps. This is about your daily activity. And with every limb that you move, you burn calories. So DIY, decorating, all of these things can make such a significant difference to your daily activity, but give you some other benefit alongside just a decent step count. Office workers, going back to yourselves, I'd also encourage you to look at the way of which you're spending lunch. I would say categorically, most of the office workers that I train don't really take a lunch break. They tend to just sit at their desk and eat lunch. And first thing I'll say to you is make sure that your office is a no food place. That is a slippery slope as far as eating mindlessly and snacking and picking, etc. No food on the desk, folks. Trust me, you want to be successful with either fat loss or just maintaining fat loss. Keep the food away from the office, okay? Drinks only. Uh, and obviously, a keyboard gets in a fucking mess when you're doing that. But in terms of taking an actual lunch break, it doesn't have to be long, 20 minutes, half an hour, etc. Have a bit of lunch first, you know, fuel yourself, that's important. But then afterwards, perhaps look at just getting a little bit of a stroll in, just getting a little bit of fresh air. Could be in the garden, could be a lap around the block, could be a nip to the local shop. Again, anything you can do there. Now, I haven't even spoken about those of us that go out to work, you know, go to buildings um, or going out and about in general. There's a plethora of different ways you can increase your needs simply by per parking further away in the supermarket or office car park. You've got taking the stairs instead of taking the lift. You've got heading to the toilets that are further away as opposed to the ones that are closer. Loads of different things. Going and seeing a colleague rather than sending an email or picking up the internal phones. All of these things can make a massive difference. In fact, you could even get your office workers and your colleagues involved in just getting more movement done. Make it a competition in the office. Yes, it becomes a little bit more focused exercise there eat if you will exercise activity thermogenesis because it's formal but you know what it's going to help it's going to help your mental health it's going to help your relationship with your colleagues it's going to get everybody out of the office for a little bit uh, and it's going to be awesome for everybody's mental health and productivity so you can even use that angle to pitch it to your boss if you need to but there we go and there's a few options for you now, things like uh, like formal exercise, etc., like I said, should never really be used as a way of getting your steps done. You know, if you're doing a, a high intensity interval session, uh, some yoga, some Pilates, Tai Chi, if you're doing a weightlifting session, uh, different things like this. Yes, they're beneficial. You can build up your steps by doing that. 
Uh, I mean, circuit training, for example, is about 122 steps per minute. Um, but I would encourage you instead to, like I said, not think of it in terms of exercise. Exercise should be there for other reasons. Your steps should be built upon through your daily lifestyle activity. If your kid, for example, plays football, then pace the pitch, as in go round the pitch. Give yourself opportunities to find ways of which you can build your steps up. And podcasts like this are designed to give you something to listen to whilst you are out and about. I mean, I've freaking lost track of the number of podcasts that we're on these days. But I'm pretty damn sure that we are 96, uh, if I'm correct. Yes, this is 96. I had to check. So there we go. You've got 96 episodes to be able to peruse over. And if you listen to them, fucking listen to them again. All of the advice that I've given still rings true. So it's not just about, like I said, the formal exercise, but give your give give getting your steps done another purpose, not just I need to get my steps done. Go and fucking see some people. Go and see some people, but park further away. So park a, a mile away from the people you're going to see and then walk to them. Again, some of this stuff isn't going to be realistic for you. Some of it's not going to be necessarily be able to be sustained. But everything that I've mentioned earlier on is definitely things that you can elope into your day to get yourself more active throughout your day. I would also say to you, be careful of the conditioning of Netflix in the evening. You know, we love an evening chill out in front of the sofa. And it's what pretty much every single household in the UK does. Probably even, you know, in the in the first world. It's what we all do. Get to a point in the evening, bum, sofa, Netflix, snacks. That's how the evening goes. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just make sure that you're capitalizing on your day. If you get to that point and you have to chase your tail, something has gone seriously wrong with the way in which you've approached your day. But that doesn't mean that it can't be recovered. Be it recovered as in getting some steps done in the evening or better still, learning from it, learning where you could have increased that movement and developing it going forwards. Now, there are... A myriad of different things that I could have added into this podcast as far as tips and tricks where your day is concerned. School run, for example, is an awesome way of burning calories in the afternoon. Park further away. You don't have to fight with the parents. Get yourself a decent brolly or a Mac because, you know, England. All of these, you know, there's, there's so much. But think outside the box. My call to action for you in this podcast is to really think about the way in which you move in your day there is opportunity. The moment you tell yourself you can't possibly do them, you must go for a formal walk, is you taking the easy route. Because it's easy to get a load of steps done when you go for a walk. But here's the thing. It's not easy to sustain regular walks. So find ways in which you can hit your steps without even thinking about it. So there we go. 96. Done. Dusted. Let me know your thoughts. What are you going to change in your life? What are you going to evolve in your life as far as your daily activity is concerned? Where is the opportunity in your life? Listening to this podcast, what has been triggered? Where can you find a way of moving around or being on your feet more? Folks, remember, accept the things of which you cannot change. There will be things in your day which are immovable objects, Zoom calls, etc., where you can't be on your feet. But for all the other stuff, and you could potentially even do those standing up, just to clarify. But for all the other stuff, accept the things of which you cannot change. Have the courage to change what you can and the wisdom to know the difference. 
There is opportunity. You've just got to find it. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on 97. Toodles. <laughs>